This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. Today on the podcast, I am joined by my co-worker, Laura, and we share some thrillers and suspense books. It's not quite spooky season anymore. You know, it's not Halloween, but fall is always a good time for like spooky books of a different variety, like suspense and thrillers. So I'm super excited. We got a lot of books for you. Um, Hopefully, again, they're all in the show notes. Hopefully you will find some um, some good thrillers and suspense books to read to, to get you through the fall. Um, as always, if you go to our website, professionalbooknerds.com, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok at ProBookNerds. Big Library Read is going on. Um, this is our global ebook club. And this time around, we have we have the title five total strangers by natalie d richards you know add that to your list of thrillers and suspense books to read go to your library's website uh, overdrive site and get your copy of five total strangers without any wait list or holds between now and 15th both ebook and audiobook are available so depending on on how you like to consume your titles uh there's some options there Next Monday, November 8th, had to check my calendar because I totally had to record this over because I gave you the wrong date originally. November 8th um, at 2 p.m., I will be in a live conversation with Natalie about Five Total Strangers as part of our Big Library Read program. You can go to biglibraryread.com to find out more um, and register for the conversation um again that is november 8th at 2 p.m eastern should say that don't forget change your clocks this weekend that would be awkward if you missed it because of that um yeah so fun times i think that's all i got for y'all as always i forgot you know you can always email at professional at overdrive.com if you want to say hi and hello so that i think is everything um, and so with that, I hope you enjoy this big episode full of thrillers and suspense books on the Professional Book Nerds podcast. Hi, Laura. Hi, Jill. Hello, everybody. I'm so excited to have you on. Uh, today we're going to be talking uh, thriller and suspense books. So yeah, I'm looking forward topic. to it. <laughs> yeah. So what is it about thriller and suspense books that you like so much? So I guess what really hooks me is I love playing detective and I'm the whole time I'm reading, I'm always trying to figure out, did the author mention that? Because that's going to be the killer, or I know that's important. They mentioned a green wallet. Why did she mention the green wallet? So I love trying to solve the puzzle. Um, I'm a puzzle person. So games, puzzles, um, thriller, suspense, really, that's kind of my, my genre. And especially it's October now. So I'm really upping my thriller suspense reading game, trying to get it all in this month. Yeah, it's definitely the time of year for it. And I agree. I always and I like being surprised by books. And mm-hmm. I think that's also why I like thrillers and suspense because every once in a while the, the author will like completely blindside me. And it's so much fun to be surprised like that. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So we're going to share some books. We'll go back and forth um, for our listeners. All of the titles will be in the show notes. So you don't have to try and worry and rush writing them all down. Um, so I will kick us off with The Last Flight by Julie Clark. So this is about two women who meet at an airport. Uh, Claire um, 
has what looks like a perfect life. She's married to this like scion of a political dynasty in Manhattan. She's got a big townhouse. She has a staff. From the outside, everything should be great and it looks great. But inside, behind closed doors, things are not what they seem. Her husband has a temper and he uses his staff to like track her every move. Like she basically is like stalked by her husband's staff to find out what she's doing and where she's going. And um, she has a plan in place to get out. And then at the last minute, uh, her husband sends her on a different flight for a work location as a last minute thing. And she's at the airport and she is trying to decide, does she get on the flight to get out of the situation? Does she get on the flight like she's supposed to, that her husband sent her on? And while she's at the airport, she meets a woman named Eva and they decide to switch plane tickets. And so they've already gotten through, you know, security and all that stuff. And so nobody pays any attention by that point. Um, so Claire gets on Eva's flight and then Eva gets on Claire's flight and Claire's she's free. She feels like she's fine, except the flight that she was supposed to be on has an accident and goes down and she's now supposed to be dead, but she wasn't on that flight. And it just gets very complicated from there because she (laughs) finds out the woman's life she switched with has her own problems and there are people (laughs) after her too. And so (laughs) it's just, it kept me guessing until the very end. And just this idea of just like, you know, meeting someone at the airport and completely switching your life and things not turning out the way you expected, because that's what happens. And just not knowing who's telling the truth, who's lying. Um, it was, it was a really, it was a really good read. So I really liked that one. Yeah. Those are my favorite where you're trying to figure out, like, there's just a list of lies and who is <laughs> telling the truth. And by the end, it's always not the person you thought it was. And exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, I actually just finished uh, Megan Miranda's new one, such a quiet place. And um, I really liked this. I, at first glance, I was like, oh, I kind of, it's this kind of gated community. Um, They have this um, private uh, blog post where the community members can all kind of just like, it's a very gossipy, kind of reminds me of like the Facebook parent pages for schools. And so it's this kind of quiet community And the main character is Harper Nash, and she's recently um, broken up with her husband, and he's moved out. And it kind of follows this um, path of everybody looks one way on the outside. They're all living in this community, putting up, they've got these pretty houses and this, you know, the picket fence, but everybody has secrets underneath. And we find out there's a murder, of course, it begins with a murder, um, and her the main character's roommate because she has this woman that moves in with her after her husband leaves she gets accused of the crime so it kind of does a lot of flashback um, but skip ahead 16 months and um, the woman who was convicted Ruby is released from prison and now there's all this gossip because she just kind of walks back into Harper's life and all of the people in this gated community are kind of gossiping and the rumors are flying. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but uh, <laughs> what I loved about this is I, I had an idea about what was going to happen. And then the ending just completely, it was kind of similar, but the author really twisted it and had um, a lot of nice like surprises at the end that I didn't see coming. And I'm a sucker for a protagonist in that female lead that develops and changes by the end like Harper kind of starts off as this kind of meek and mild you know she's her husband's left and she needs support from everybody and then by the end she's kind of she starts to you can see she's developed into this more strong female role so I I always like to see that character development too but I really like this one. I recommend it. <laughs> yeah, that sounds really good. It's always those gated communities. Like, what's up with that? <laughs> no, I, those the blog posts where I was, you know, you just think I was first thing I was thinking like Facebook. I'm like, oh my gosh, these are, you know, everybody's 
and it's a private closed like group chat and coming from teaching background, I was thinking, oh, all the kids with those group chats and I can see them as adults in this book, you know, I'm like, oh. Uh, yeah, that sounds good. I'll have to add it to my TBR. Um, my next one is The Turn of the Key by Ruth Ware. So I love Ruth Ware um, ever since her um, very first book, whose name is escaping me at the moment because I didn't write it down and that's mortifying. But anyway, so the turn of the key <laughs> um, is about Rowan. Rowan is a nanny and she is hired to work at what seems like um, it's an in-house nannying gig at this like really nice house. Um, there's two kids. It's like a smart house. So it's got all sorts of, you know, like everything's electric or like on a uh, like like a Siri type thing controls everything and it's a very fancy house and uh she takes a gig and then when she gets there um she finds out that again like like so many of these books it all looks nice from the outside and then you get inside and it's not quite the same um and in fact as we know from the very beginning she's actually writing from her lawyer from prison because she is accused she's, she ends up being accused of um murdering one of the children she is in charge of and so the book is her letter to her lawyer kind of walking us through exactly what happened and um because you know smart house she's like under constant surveillance but then the technology starts malfunctioning and um while the girls she's watching are sort of um parents are like oh no they're great they won't be any problem they're not great they are a problem and um <laughs> And it it's it's a modern take on um, the turn of the screw, which is uh, a much older story. And again, like a nanny and watching kids and weird things start happening in the house. And you're like, is it the technology? Is there a ghost? Like what is happening? And all of Ruth Ware's books are very sort of like Agatha Christie and that there's a closed kind of space and there's a limited number of people who could have done something wrong or done the murder um and I I love this one I've read all of Ruth's books but I think this might be my favorite and it's I I just love when people writers will like take classic stories like the turn of the screw and I have another one on my list and like update it and my absolute favorite thing about this book is that on the property of the house uh, you know, it's a big country or a Scottish Highlands house. Um, there's a poison garden, like a, a locked garden of poisonous plants, which is just <laughs> fascinating to me. These are like, the, like people own poison gardens, which I don't know what you do with them. Like you can't go in there really. <laughs> like, they just are, like, I just like imagine from like the secret garden, just like a clot, like a closed thing. You can't really go in because everything's poisonous. You could like literally die if you go in there, but they cultivate poisonous plants and it's just, it's fascinating. So it's a very atmospheric novel, like good for this time of year. Yeah. Yeah. And yet that a poison garden, I've never come across that. That's really interesting. They, they are a thing. Apparently I remember <laughs> when I was reading this book, I started looking them up and yeah, there are poison gardens. Um, I think somewhere and again like I have I don't have any of this information in front of me so I could be totally wrong but I feel like there are places ones you can visit they're just very um you know like the when it comes to poisonous plants there's like levels of uh whether you have to actually touch it or whether you have to ingest it and so some of them you can get closer up to and just at least look at them but others you have to stay far away from so there are poison gardens you can visit and they just are lots of warnings about where not to go and what not to touch. <laughs> <laughs> Any book that has me researching after I've read it is always a keeper. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, another book I had on my list in the spirit of the Halloween season, I read Grady Hendrix, um, the final girls support group. And I was not familiar with this author at all before reading this. Um, I picked it up purely based on like Halloween and, um, but this was, I loved this read. Um, 
It is a group of survivors, all women, and has survived um, either serial killer attacks or massacres, and they are part of this support group. And it starts off with a support group and the kind of the main character or protagonist is Lynette. And she's very, um, I mean, obviously she's been through a very traumatic event, but she also is like this quirky character that I just love. Like she kind of says it how it is. And um, there's a really great underlying theme uh, of to never give up in this novel. And obviously all of these women have survived, but of course then, uh, one of their support group members um, is murdered and this kind of just spirals a whole nother, you know, Lynette thinks that it's a conspiracy and somebody's after all of the women in the support group. And, you know, by the end, you figure out like who it is. And um, but her character, here's another one where she kind of, you know, she's almost a recluse. I love um, her best friend that she lives with is a plant. And it's uh, this fern, and that's who she talks to. So just to kind of, you know, she does not leave her house. She has everything locked and gated. Um, she's very paranoid for good reasons. Um, she survived, you know, her, her family being murdered in front of her. Um, and each one of the women, their stories, their background reminds me of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like Friday the 13th, you know, they're all like those type of um kind of fictional movie scenarios. So it was really good. I I liked it that like the main character, once again, by the end of the book, you know, she she develops and changes. And um, this was a lot different than I thought it was going to be. And I highly recommend it. I know some people that I've recommended it to um, are like, oh, I can't read that. That's too scary. And it, it wasn't, it wasn't that it the underlying story was really good. So um, I was still able to sleep at night. It wasn't anything like that, um, but I, I really enjoyed it. It was really cute. And she has another one too that I, I've got on my list that I, I have to, uh, I got to put on there. Yes. I love Grady Hendrix. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, all of his books are phenomenal and they're all like they're sort of like comedic horror so yeah I think if people are thinking they can't read them because they don't do horror they're worried about being scared his books aren't like that they're 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 very funny um and it is sort of a a lighter thing um I would I read all read all the books all the great Hendrix books they're all amazing (laughs) um so my next one is The Invited by Jennifer McMahon this is about Helen and Nate. They have um, had been living in suburbia and they decided to leave and move um, out to a more rural area. They have bought 44 acres and they're going to build a house um, like from the ground up. Um, and while after they get there, though, they discover that the property that they have purchased um, has like a very dark past. There is a pond on it. And there was a woman, Hattie, who had lived in the house um, a century before and had died and is supposed to haunt the property. And as they're building the home, they start to learn more about the the history of the house. But what happens is that um, as they start deciding to build a house, they decide to use reclaimed um, like wood and try to keep it as sort of like authentic and old as possible. And the pieces that they bring into the house used to build it are like haunted almost. Um, there's like a beam from an old schoolroom. Um, there are bricks they bring in, there's a mantle. And every time they bring this in, um, Helen starts to see visions of Hattie and she decides to start to do some more research to find out what happened. Um, and it kind of draws her in deeper and things get a little bit more dangerous and a little bit more spooky because her husband doesn't believe her. He's like, the house is not haunted. Like it's, these bricks are not haunted. <laughs> um, and so he's worried about her, but she won't stop researching. And it was this this was a ghost story and it definitely kept me up at night. So if you are looking for something kind of spooky, I, I recommend the invited. That was, that was a good one and creepy. Sounds good. 
Um, I guess let's talk about which one do I have on here? Um, I my all time I'm going to go with my all time favorite thriller suspense author is um, Gillian Flynn, and yes. I. I always come back to her. I have been waiting for something to come out. And she, um, I read rumors that she's part of the authors that um, rewrite, rewrite Shakespearean tales. And she's next up. I can't think, I'd have to look it up, but there's a name, there's a group of authors. And um, I read a rumor, so she might be up for that. She's supposed to be next in line to write um, the twist so it's this group of authors and they rewrite them and it, I don't it's supposed to, she's up next so maybe we'll see something from her um sharp objects is always one of my favorite you have Camille Preaker um she had what I like about uh Gillian is she always ties in like it's kind of like you're presented with a character who is on the outside just struggling crumbling um, and then you learn about their childhood. And it's kind of this idea that um, we all have this battle that we're fighting, you know, so every, every, all of her characters tend to have something that happened in their childhood. And this one, um, Camille, she comes from a very dysfunctional family. Um, she is a, she's struggling to get her feet as a journalist. Um, she struggles with alcoholism, she cuts herself, and then she has to go back to her hometown where her mother still lives with her half-sister, and um, there's a murder, of course, that kind of spirals, and um, she's battling her own demons through this, and she has to go home, and her mother is like, I was thinking she's one of those characters you love to hate, like, she is just she's just awful but like she just keeps you know like the their relationship is just so traumatic together they're there she's tough but she the writing is just she's my all-time favorite author for thriller suspense but of course you know so Camille has to go look into these murders and investigating and you know her she's gonna be the journalist on this story and she's fighting with her mother the whole time. And um, one thing I, I liked, I listened to an interview uh, and Gillian talked about how she came up with Camille um, cuts words into her skin. And she was saying during this interview that um, while she was talking to her publisher, she was taking notes on her thigh the whole time. Mm. And then she got this idea for Camille to write the words, you know, instead of just kind of cutting. But I thought that was kind of interesting. But this is, you know, this, of course, has a crazy twist at the end, as do all of her books. And um, I actually had a parent recommend this to me and lend it to me. And I gave it back to her. And then she, in turn, handed it to my principal, who was in the parking lot with us. And I said, and inside, I was thinking, don't give that to the principal. I don't want the principal reading that. And, you know, I, it, it was fine. But um yeah this one in dark places and I'm just really anticipating what she's going to do next because I just I never I cannot figure out the ending of her books ever no I love her books yes I um I did like sharp objects but I also really liked dark places and mm -hmm. it does sort of have like the Grady Hendrix the final girl support group and that you know the main character has survived the same sort of thing and um but it is not a comedic one. It's <laughs> no, no, but that's the same one where it definitely kept me guessing. Yeah. I love Gillian Flynn and the Shakespeare stuff. It's the Hogarth Shakespeare. Yeah. Um, yes. Where different authors were, were modernizing uh, Shakespeare books. Um, so my next one is they all fall down by Rachel Housel Hall. This is a retelling of Agatha Christie's. And then there were none. Um, so this is about Miriam. Miriam is invited um, to go to a private, luxurious private island with a group of six strangers. They have no connection to each other. They don't know each other. And they arrive. They are surrounded um, in just like gorgeous beaches and bright water. Um, 
And then when she gets there, she discovers that um, she and the rest of the people who arrived had been kind of brought there under false pretenses. They were like told one reason that they were there and then they get there and it's something completely different. And as they spend time there, they have, they discover there's no way to leave. They're stuck there. There's no cell service. They can't talk to anybody. And then they're starting these very strange accidents, quote unquote, where people like the strangers start dying and it's just the seven of them. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's very much like, and then there were none where just, they kind of keep getting knocked off one by one <laughs> and Miriam is trying to figure out who is like, can she stay alive? Because somebody on that Island is trying to kill them all. Um, and they all have secrets and it, it was really good. Um, and yeah, I think if, if you like that sort of, again, like closed Agatha Christie type, um, mystery or suspenseful type thing you'll you'll like that they all fall down uh, another one on my list i had sherry la pena I'm saying that right la pena i think um, so. she i'm currently reading uh not a happy family and i'm about a third of the way in and i'm really enjoying that but um the other one that she wrote that i really liked was the couple next door um this is a you know, I have a little one and I could see it, you know, so I'll preface with that, but you have the couple, they go over to their neighbor's house who live right next door and go to have drinks and have dinner. And while they're next door, they have monitors and all of that. They left the child in the house sleeping and then the baby goes missing. So this of course spirals into this kidnapping. And of course it begins to uncover everybody's secrets. So you have, um, you know, the, the happy couple and then the, the couple next door and everything looks one way on the outside. And then as the detectives are investigating kind of everybody's secrets um, bubble to the surface. Uh, this was pretty straightforward. I enjoyed it. Um, I, I remember distinctly, I stayed up late. This is like a one in the morning, had to finish it. And then you read the last page and I don't think I went to sleep for like an hour after that. So this is a classic twisted ending that I did not see coming and you will be 100% surprised. I, if anybody can call the ending, then <laughs> I, I all the credit to you, but I did not see it coming. Um, so just kind of interesting, you know, it's, it's headed one way and then the author completely twisted at the end. So those are my favorite type of endings. I do not want to see it coming. When I can call it like halfway in and I'm right at the end, I'm like, oh, that was disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's something like I both like being able to guess something, but if I guess it too early and I end up being right, so I'm like, mm, mm. <laughs> but yeah, if I guess it and I'm wrong, then it's, then it's great. Um, so speaking of books where the last page just like completely threw me off was is uh, behind closed doors by B.A. Paris. Um, so Jack and Grace are again, one of those couples where everything looks great on the outside. They um, are completely inseparable and he is an attorney. Uh, she's a homemaker um, and they have this really lovely life. Um, they take care of her younger sister who's disabled and they're newlyweds. Um, but they seem like they have like been together forever. They're just really close. Um, except things are just like a little off, you know, just like things are just like a little off. And when I, you know, and sometimes her friends get worried because like Grace never answers the phone. She can't really go anywhere without Jack there with her. Um, she, um, makes these like huge elaborate meals, but she's almost like underweight. Like she's not eating. Um, she never seemed to take anything with her when she leaves. She's just, it, things just like are not quite right. And there are also like their house, which looks nice and looks super great has like a really high security system, which seems like overly secure for, for what they have going on inside. And so 
they have these big dinner parties, but whenever people leave, you never really know what's going on behind closed doors. And her friends um, start to get a little worried about her. And she just sort of plays it off and is like, no, no, it's fine. Um, her disabled sister's really excited to be living there. And again, this was a book that you just, you keep reading. You're like, something seems weird. I'm not quite sure what it is. And then that last page, I was just like, what, 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 um, this was like a big twist and it, it, I, I, yes, this book had me guessing. I absolutely loved it. I I've enjoyed BA Paris's other books, but this one just like completely, completely stunned me. And it's so good. I will have to put that on my list. I actually have the actual book on my shelf and I have not read that. See, there you go. Um, Well, speaking about sisters, I will bring up The Good Sister by Sally Hepworth. And I'm a pretty big fan of anything (laughs) Sally Hepworth. Um, I really liked this one because before this one, I'd read The Mother-in-Law and this was not what I was expecting. I kind of still expected that. I I don't know. It was just much different, but it still had the twist, you know, that you're looking for with thriller and suspense. So um, you have two, you have twin sisters, Fern and Rose in this one. And Fern is, I I love her character. She's, um, she's a librarian and she's, uh, she struggles with um, uh, sensory So she, sounds bother her, lights, noises. Um, Her sister is completely opposite, kind of, they're they're twins, but you have the opposite um, characteristics. And she, Rose has struggled with um, trying to conceive and she's going, she's flying to see her husband. He lives and he's in London, you know, she's going back and forth and Fern decides she's going to go find a man and she's going to get pregnant to help her sister out. And she's so goofy and she just like, she has no filter and I just loved her character. And I thought, oh, this is this is comedic. You know, this is gonna be lighthearted, Sally. I, I was, it was yeah. completely opposite. It, it's not, it takes a <laughs> twist as well. Um, but I, I loved Fern's character in this and she does end up meeting someone and their relationship blossoms and her character develops. But, you know, this is one of those, you know, her sister might not be the person she thinks she is. She might be, um, you have to read and find out, but there was a murder when she was little and her memories, you're getting two different points of view. You're getting her memories through most of the book, but then um, sometimes the memories, um, she starts to question what she remembers and maybe they're not accurate. Um, but I, I really enjoyed this one. And it was, like I said, the, the characters are hilarious. The Fern is like, she's on my top five female characters right now. I really enjoyed her. So, oh, wow. This is a good one. Sounds like it. I'm going to have to add it to my TBR. Um, so this next one, I haven't read yet. It just came out in September. So it's on my TBR, but I'm really, really excited for it. Um, so I'm just going to kind of read the description, which is, um, it's about Chloe. She's a freshman honor student and she also happens to be a psychopath. Uh, so, uh, (laughs) she spends her time on yoga, frat parties and plotting to kill Will Bachman, who is a childhood friend who grievously wronged her. She's also one of seven students at her DC-based college who are part of an unusual clinical study of psychopaths, students like herself who lack empathy and can't comprehend emotions like fear or guilt. The study is led by a renowned psychologist who requires them to wear smartwatches that track their moods and movements. When one of the students in the study is found murdered in the psychology building, a dangerous game of cat and mouse begins and Chloe goes from hunter to prey as she races to identify the killer and put her own plan for revenge into action. She'll be forced to decide if she can trust any of her fellow psychopaths. And everyone knows you should never trust a psychopath. Like I said, that sounds so good and I'm so excited to read it. I'm like on hold for it. I'm like, I really need you to come in very soon, please. Because this <laughs> like, this feels like a very good, I feel like a good spooky season type book. Mm-hmm. What was the title of that one? 
never saw me coming by hmm. Vera uh, Korean. Hmm. I'll have to put that on my list. That sounds good. Yeah. Um, I recently finished uh, Paula Hawkins' new one, A Slow Fire Burning. Um, what I really liked about this is that part of the setting is on houseboats on this river. And I, I had to like a little bit of research, you know, in my, and I'm picturing the setting and they have a little map at the beginning of the book, which was kind of nice too. So um, just to kind of, you know, get a visual of what this setting was, but there's a murder on one of the houseboats. And uh, this is another one, all the female protagonists in this um, are all very different. Um, you have Laura who has just, she had an accident when she was little and um, she's just never been able to get life right. She always is in the wrong place at the wrong time. There's an incident where she stabbed someone with a fork and she's a, she seems like a good person though. Like she just, she just can't do anything right. She just always in the wrong place at the wrong time. And you feel kind of sorry for her, but her character doesn't allow for that either. Like she's real, like, eh, just roll with it. Um, but you have a murder on this houseboat and all these characters that Paula presents somehow, I don't know how she does it. She's an artist, how she connects them all. And it is like, I had to like go back in the book and reread pages to figure out like how that character came to know this character. And um, this is one where you kind of need to pay attention. Sometimes I can fly through them and I had to go back into this one a couple of times. Um, but you have Laura is this character. She's going to get blamed for this murder because she was the last one to leave this um, man who was murdered. And of course she gets blamed for it as she does everything. Um, but then you have, there's another woman named Miriam. She lives on the houseboat next door and she wants to kind of cover up the murder for Laura and protect her. So you're asking yourself, well, why, what does she have vested in this? Um, you have an author who wrote this uh, book that became very famous and it's about a um, serial killer. Well, then you kind of come to find out that maybe he might have um, stolen some of the ideas for this book. And that's where another character comes into play. And it's like, somehow they all connect together. And that's what I love about her writing is, it's like when I have to go back in and kind of piece it together again, um, this, was, this was a good one. This was a good twist at the end. You won't see it coming. Um, and I, I also really enjoyed the setting. I don't know why, I guess I haven't read a lot of books where the setting was on like these different houseboats. And so it was it was very good. Put this one on the list. Yeah, I don't know if I've read any books set on houseboats. Yeah, it's it, very English. Like it, it was, <laughs> yeah. I, and they live on this like channel and hmm. I, yeah, it was, it was, it was different. So I hadn't yeah. had that yet. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, my next one is The Stranger Behind You by Carol Goodman. So this is about three different women. Um, there's Joan, there's Lillian, and Melissa. And Joan is a journalist. And she's had recently written an um, expose about a newspaper tycoon and exposing him as a, uh, a sexual predator and sort of like a me too, you know, movement type of thing. Um, and the night the story goes out, she is brutally attacked. She's traumatized and suffering the effects of a concussion. And she's worried about any other things that may happen after writing this expose. So she moves into a, uh, apartment in a apartment building called the refuge, which was once a Magdalene laundry. And if you're not familiar with Magdalene laundries, um, they were mostly known in Ireland. Um, we had some in the U S though. And during like the 18th, 19th, and then, um, somewhat into the 20th century, they were, um, where like quote unquote fallen women were sent, whether they were like teenagers who were pregnant or considered like promiscuous and their families just like sent them away. They're named after Mary Magdalene. They were basically like workhouses 
um, for these women to sort of like uh, make up for whatever society thinks they did wrong, essentially. Um, and like works to death. Like some of them, the women like die there when they were like in their eighties or nineties, cause they just, they couldn't get out. And so this apartment building used to be a Magdalene laundry and, um, uh, Joan gets a apartment there. It's very secure. She feels safe. Um, but then there are like weird things happening around her. So that's the one woman. The other one is Lillian, who is her neighbor. And Lillian um, has lived in the refuge for decades. And in the 1940s, she um, witnessed a mysterious murder. And so she ended up hiding in um, the Magdalene laundry at that time. Like she went in there sort of like to try and stay safe. And she just hasn't left. She's just stayed there all this time, even when it turned into this apartment building later. And um, in talking to her, Joan's like, our stories kind of sound similar, you know, things like traumatic things have happened. And then we end up in this, um, this apartment building. And then the third woman is Melissa. She is newly widowed and her husband, um, the death, um, she has a lot of questions about it. She feels like his death um, was not all that it seemed like it wasn't like a natural cause. And she has a lot of questions and she's kind of feeling like a lot of revenge to go after the people who caused her husband's death. And she discovers a paper trail that leads her to Joan. And she's like coming after Joan, like what is going on? And so these three women um, are all kind of, needing to stay a step ahead of everything going on because there's just like weird things happening all in this like building that has a very tragic past. And I love Carol Goodman's books. She, um, she writes just like very strong women in circumstances that you don't really come across very often. Um, I just, I love, I love all of her books and, um, I'm somewhat fascinated by things related to the Magdalene laundry, which is uh, why I picked this up. Um, And just like the intersection of stories of different people and like the connection that goes there. So I recommend this one. That sounds interesting. I'm going to have to look. Now I'm going to have to look that up. Um, Another one I had was, um, and this this is AJ Finn, the woman in the window. And um, I know that this was recently made into a movie. I think it was on Netflix. Um, I really enjoyed this one. It's kind of sad to start off. You have um, the lead character is Anna and she's kind of a recluse. She doesn't leave her house. Um, She drinks a lot of wine. Um, She spies on her neighbors. If she even tries to exit like the front door, she just, it just cripples her. Um, she was a childhood uh, child psychologist, um, kind of a little background. Um, she has a husband and a daughter, um, and there's a twist with that um, that I won't give away if you haven't read it, uh, but she likes to spy on her neighbors. So she knows everything that's going on in the neighborhood, and she uh, there's um, a family that moves in across the street, and while she's watching them one night, she believes she sees somebody murdered in their house and she believes it's the the wife. Um, And then when she calls the police, of course they go over to check it out and the wife is still alive. So kind of a a twist here, Um, the son comes over and she kind of develops this relationship with the, the son and they talk and he comes over to visit. I don't want to give too much away, but uh, this is this was a good twist at the end too. Uh, there, there is a murder, but you ha- you don't get to find out who was murdered, who did it. Like everything kind of unravels at the end, and her her memory she's very foggy because she's drinking a lot in this novel, and so her flashbacks are real foggy, and and she kind of she just needs to sober up and. <laughs> 
and this, I think the boy coming into her house kind of helps her. Like she kind of gets out of that fog. And as she's getting out of that mental fog, you start, she kind of starts to put the pieces back together. So this, this was a great one. I, I really enjoyed this character. I, I felt sorry for her at the beginning, you know, and then this is another classic, like she kind of, she becomes stronger, her character developed by the end. Um, but this was a good one. And I can't think of the actress I know that I saw was playing her. Um, I, I think was it? it's Amy Adams. Amy Adams. And yes. I was thinking that because she was in, she played in Sharp Objects too. So maybe I'm yes. a sucker for Amy Adams. I don't know. But I mean, um, that could be, that's okay though. <laughs> um, so I have one book de- left. And that is Rock, Paper, Scissors by Alice Feeney. Um, Alice Feeney is also one of those authors who will always keep you guessing. This is her most recent one. Um, so this is about Adam and Amelia. They are a couple who um, have been married for a while, but their marriage is kind of in trouble. And um, they end up winning a weekend away to a house um, in Scotland um, in like, you know, the highlands, but when they get there, um, like Amelia, Amelia tells Adam like, oh yeah, it's just like in or whatever. And then they get there and it's actually sort of like this house in the middle of nowhere and <laughs> it's snowing really bad. And so once they get there, they can't really leave. They're kind of snowed in. There's nobody there, you know, not even like someone to greet them or an innkeeper. And when they arrive, Amelia sort of like, um, well, we didn't really win it. <laughs> sort of like we're going to be here and we, this is going to be like our weekend to kind of like try and work on our marriage. You know, the thing about Adam is that he has face blindness. He can't recognize friends or family or even his own wife. Like he, he like just physically can't see them. Um, but it's, um, they've been married for a while and every anniversary they exchange gifts related to whatever the, uh, like the first year's paper and then cotton and that kind of thing. And then um, Adam also receives a letter from his wife who kind of just sort of uses as an opportunity to kind of reflect on the past year. And um, as the story progresses, the book is goes back and forth between the letters and then there um, the letters kind of like leading to the present and then where they are in the end going forward as sort of like secrets start to get revealed. And as they go back and forth, you're, it, it's sort of like a lot of questions, like Adam's a writer and he's trying to get um, like movies made and uh, um, Amelia, you're sort of like the wife, you're like, I feel like there are things that there are secrets happening here. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of secrets. There are lots of secrets. And this is another one that just like you come to the end and she just like completely blindsides you like she does with all of her books. And, um, it was, it was really good. So yeah, I recommend it. I have that on my, uh, on my Goodreads list. It's on there. Um, my last one is Leanne Moriarty and I, I believe, I think I'm missing one from her that I have not read. And I don't always characterize her genre as thriller. It's almost like relationship thriller sometimes, like trying to figure out how all the pieces fit together. So in, in playing detective, then yes, she is definitely in the thriller category. Um, this is her newest one, Apples Never Fall. Uh, the It's about the Delaney family. And uh, the parents are Stan and Joy, and they have three children. And they are tennis instructors, and they even had a tennis court out in at their home. And all of the kids have been raised to be tennis stars. And um, it they were both tennis coaches, and still are. They still play um, as a couple. Uh, so that's just kind of like the background. You kind of start off with that, and then all of a sudden, um, Joy goes missing, and the book travels along all of their, like Leanne does in all of hers. It's the background to each character uh, and all of these pieces kind of fit together. Um, This woman, Savannah, shows up on their doorstep one day. They do a little bit of, she does a lot of flashback. 
So um, they flash back to this woman just shows up at Stan and Joy's house and the kids are all grown up. They're out of the house. They have lives of their own. And this Savannah kind of moves in with them. She says that um, she tells them that her boyfriend hit her and she was just trying to get away. So she starts living with Stan and Joy. And Leanne flashes back to this and the siblings, of course, kind of start to get jealous of this Savannah. She's cooking dinner for them. And it's a very strange situation. I was thinking of my parents and if all of a sudden there was this woman living with them, I, I would be a little suspicious also. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then all of a sudden Joy goes missing and we don't hear about Savannah and all the kids have to go in and talk to the detectives. And um, it's, a, it, once again, there's a twist at the end, um, how she unravels everything. I, as another one that I'm like, how does she do that? I mean, there, it just blows my mind how they, she keeps track of all these pieces and they just kind of unfold so neatly at the end. You're like, wow, it, it's such an art form. Um, but I enjoyed this one. This, this is her latest and, and I recommend. Yeah. I've never read any of her books, but I've heard they're, they're really good. So yeah. I may have to check them out. Yeah. Um, well, thank you, Laura, for coming on and talking thriller and suspense books with me. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on overdrive.com and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen Podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Jill Grunenwald and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.